I'm Kate Daniels, and I'm grateful to have Portia Thompson and Brenna Ramos here with us this morning. Both women work with hand-in-hand kids, but I think you will hear that this is bigger than work for them. It's a calling with a purpose to help people, to help children. And we're going to hear how we can be partners in this work of helping people in our community. Portia Thompson and Brenda Ramos, good morning. It is so wonderful to welcome both of you here this morning. Good morning, morning. Kate. It is great, so great to be able to connect again with Hand in Hand Kids. So both of you have been with Hand in Hand for some time and really involved in the work. And today we want to carry on a conversation that was started uh, last month when we were talking about, uh, and not with with both of you, but with other guests, we were talking about the auction, the Harvest of Hope, and what was going on. And, and I think that really was quite successful. Hasn't quite reached the goal, but certainly a, a good stride in that, right? That's correct. Um, we are, I think we're uh, a few points off of our goal, but uh, we were extremely excited to see how far... Um, we came considering, you know, we are living in totally different times um, and never expected to have to do a uh, virtual fundraiser. So we are super excited about where we're at. And I have to say, I think that that is so spot on because, yes, doing any of this virtually is all of us are just kind of trying to figure it out as we go along. So to have that much success for a virtual fundraiser, I think, uh, has been good. So that's great that that's happened, uh, but we keep moving forward, and now the holiday season is upon us. And of course, you know, with the pandemic, uh, let's reiterate, with the pandemic, that was a huge, uh, what, a, a real punch in the gut kind of thing that happened for any of us. But with Hand in Hand, you really saw a, a great uh, outpouring, a, a request for your resources. Yes, that's absolutely correct. We, um, you know, none of us expected for the pandemic to kind of hit the way that it did. Um, and our communities that are already underserved, you know, it just furthered that kind of gap. And so um, we've really done our best to kind of stand in it. We're stretched from, you know, from, uh, uh, from, corner to corner, but we're, uh, you know, we're really trying to do our best. Um, We've seen a huge increase in need all the way around and from people that you would never even think would have a need. Everybody is just facing uncertain times right now. And I guess that would be a place that we'd say, you know, there is really no difference between us. This pandemic has, in a way, leveled the playing field for for most people. Yes, there there will be those who, you know, kind of aren't affected because of their financial circumstances. But I think for the majority of us, we've all been really dealt quite a challenging hand. Yeah, definitely. It's just interesting to see um, it really has affected every single person that I know personally and every single person that I know personally, it's affected every single person that they know personally, whether just because you have to stay in your house, um, you know, not being isolated, and then you put all of the other strains that 
come along with everyday living, like financial things and access to food and medical care, all of these things, it's really a, a domino effect. So what we have is hand-in-hand kids, and that is greater than what the name might indicate. Yes, we're talking about kids, and there's such an important component with foster care, yet we're talking about families here, right, Brenna and Portia? Families, not not just the children. Yeah, we serve um, all sorts of families, whatever that looks like, and even single adults. Um, when we can, couples without children. Um, it really just depends on what services they're needing and um, how we can support them. And one thing that I think really bears repeating here is in terms of when you say single individuals, some of these are are going to be youth who, they might be foster care, but they're, they're really kids who are homeless, but you're giving them shelter. So what does that look like? Uh, you know, sometimes that's money for a hotel stay or, or um, you know, helping to pay a utility bill that's going to have, uh, you know, them worrying about disconnection and, and things like that. Um, you know, a lot of people know that the moratorium includes some utilities as well, um, the rent moratorium. But there's also the fear of getting too far behind that when when it's lifted, you have now a $3,000 bill for your electricity or a, you know, $5,000 bill for your water. So a lot of times it's just, uh, you know, paying these smaller bills for families and individuals. Because of the pandemic, we've kind of been able to broaden. Our focus is always going to be children and families, uh, but we've been able to broaden our, our horizons a little bit when it comes to the you know, the demographic that we serve because of the pandemic. Um, and and just, you know, we're not going to turn anybody away. Um, so we, we try hard, even if we cannot help, we always try to connect to resources that are available, partners, uh, partner agencies in our local area, so that every person that comes to our door is leaving with a sense of hope. You sound like you are providing a safety net so that at least it's not someone who gets a door shut in their face saying, well, sorry, but, you know, we don't do that kind of thing. That's absolutely correct. Right. And here we are into this colder weather. So that has, if, if we have shelter, that's still a bigger demand on on. Uh, all the utilities, if we don't have shelter, uh, looking for that and finding warmth. So that's compounding the fact that we have the pandemic. All of this is happening within that umbrella. And and then with the holidays, we still want to have, there are things to celebrate. And we want to celebrate, and especially with children, they're looking forward to that sort of thing. So what is going on at Hand in Hand Kids that we can know about and offer some kind of support? I think it's really important to recognize first that because of of the pandemic and the uncertainty in employment and things like that, like I stated earlier, we're seeing families that we've never seen before. And so this year, um, our holiday events, you know, they look a little bit different. Um, for one, they're they're quite a bit bigger than they normally are. Um, we're planning on serving 150 families for Thanksgiving. 
um, and a hundred, or excuse me, and 300 families for um, Christmas. Now that 300 families for us is, you know, right around 1,200 to 2,000 children, um, you know, just depending on the average size of the families that we serve. Um, so the need is much bigger this year than it's ever been. And uh, the way that we're addressing that, you know, we have to stay in these parameters of social distancing and taking all the COVID precautions. So we've tried, we've, you know, we've pivoted and we've made all of our events drive-through style so that we're eliminating the risk um, for families to be exposed and for our staff to be exposed. We're one of the few agencies that never closed during this whole entire pandemic. We never closed once. Um, our emergency shelter remained open to receive children um, who were going into care. Um, so uh, this year, we really need you know, financial donations. That's, you know, there's just no way around that this year. Um, and if, if that's not something that people are interested in, we really need, uh, you know, businesses to step up and, and do giving trees if they're open, if their lobbies are open, or do, you know, do different things um, to kind of get that interest spark so that employees want to give or, um, you know, their clients want to give. It's, it's got to be a community effort for us to, to provide a sense of normalcy for these families this year. And so ideally, you were saying, Portia, that financial giving is the preferred way because I'm I'm guessing you're able to do shopping with um, a lot more discounts or you, you just have a lot more buying power? That's correct. And we're also just, you know, this type of, this time of year, um, you know, we also, this is when we tap into everybody that we know who may have a discount, even if we don't. So it's just about being resourceful and making those dollars stretch. Um, and also, you know, unrestricted funds that are not necessarily designated for holidays are always of use to us because we truly are one of the few agencies that the money that's donated goes directly to the programs that we run. It goes directly to the families. Um, you know, we are really good at doing a lot with the bare minimum. Um, and I think that's why for us specifically, it's been so, it's not been as difficult to pivot because we're so used to that. Um, we're, we're used to the shoestring budget so, and, and making things happen for our community. But yes, financial donations are always, you know, those are always going to be helpful and get us where we need to be as far as serving the community. Brenna, perhaps you could tell us what the drive, what is it, drive-through style looks like, what it'll look like for families, which will be the same for both Thanksgiving and for Christmas, right? Yes. Um, between Thanksgiving and Christmas, it'll be a little different. Um for Thanksgiving, we're going to have some hot meals um, that will be provided to us by Diamond Knot and Muckleteal, um, Diamond Knot Brewing Company. And so for that, families will just drive through. Um, we'll get to say hi to them, um, get to have some conversation with them, and then they'll pick up their meals. Um, we also have another Thanksgiving event we'll, where we'll be giving away baskets full of um, traditional Thanksgiving food for them to go home and make their own Thanksgiving meals. And that will be kind of the same thing. They'll just drive through and pick up their meal, say hi to us, um, see us briefly, unfortunately. Um, and then they'll pick up their meal and they'll be on their way. Um, and then for Christmas, we're hoping to have a little 
um, hot cocoa station and um, we'll still try to have Santa and um, do selfies with Santa or socially distanced selfies with Santa. Um, and so we're hoping for Christmas that we can bring a little bit more um, cheer and normalcy and not make it so rushed. And of course, with Christmas, this is where the gifts are going to come into play, right? Obviously. Yes. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. And so what well, Portia, you were mentioning that it would be great if, if companies had giving trees, but um, as far as gifts, and who are the gifts really going to be for? So the gifts are for the children in the home um, ages 12 and under, and then children 13 to 17 receive gift cards. Um, the way that works is we have a registration. Families go on there and they register their children. And um, they, they list a want item and a need item for each one of their children, um, 12 and younger. And then the whole family will also receive a dinner basket to hopefully, you know, create that, to alleviate some of that cost and creating that experience that we all, you know, know and love so dearly when it comes to the holidays. Regardless of what holiday you celebrate, that togetherness you know, is something that a lot of us are going to be missing out on this year. And so we, we want to do our part in providing holiday cheer. Well, it sounds like you have a great platform that you're working on. And what it requires then is the participation of the community, of those of us who maybe have a, uh, some more means, uh, or perhaps we don't have children, but we want to have that experience of, of having children enjoy the holidays. Um, that's how we can vicariously participate. So do we go to the website to uh, find gifts or make donations? What sh- how do we go about this? So we have an Amazon wish list on um, our website, and you can also donate financially on our website. Our website is handinhandkids.org. Um, we, you can follow us on our Facebook page, which is Hand in Hand. Um, we always have kind of different ways that the community can get involved there. And I would just encourage, and I, I, one, I think one of my biggest things today is, even if you are not of means, even if it's $5, even if it's 50 cents, in these times especially, every penny counts. And, and all of us are capable of doing something for somebody else. And even if you choose not to do it here, get out and give. Um, that, that's how we're all going to really change the world that we live in, is by getting out and opening up our hearts. Um, I think, you know, we've all, we're coming off of a really rough year um, for everybody, everybody, whether it's the political climate or the, the pandemic or our personal lives, you know, personal lives have not stopped during this time either. And so let's get out and, and do something good for somebody else. And in turn, we will be immensely blessed. And I think that you have seen that occurring um, probably very much uh, maybe during the course of having the um, 
Harvest of Hope auction, how that went. But even with the families that came uh, as the pandemic started and, and in between times, for each of you, is there some kind of a situation, a story, an encounter that stands out as to how uh, the the recipients, the people that you have worked with, have felt uh, uh, about your being there. I, I really believe, honestly, Kate, that every recipient, um, you know, has is has been a story. There's so so much background with each of the people that we serve, and the general theme is they're finding hope and opportunity here, where they're not finding it elsewhere. They're they're not they're not finding it alone right now and and honestly with the help of the people who who financially support hand in hand we have been able to be a beacon in this really dark time and our our families our community um, they have in turn gone out and done wonderful things for their families and their community even if it's just hey there's this place where they can help you with diapers and wipes they can help you with formula. They can help you with, uh, you know, possibly some some rental assistance, utility assistance. Um, you know, there's, I there's so many stories. Honestly, it would it would be a great injustice for me to just tell one, and we don't have enough time to get into <laughs> the year worth of stories that we have. Um, but it's it's been our our community is just so beautiful. Honestly, Kate, it's so um, we're so grateful for them, and I know that. I will speak for our whole agency in saying we are so privileged to be able to serve them. It's a beautiful thing. And I see that as just such a great harmony that kind of like a this circle, this ever-going circle uh, that kind of spirals up, actually, because of, of just what you're describing with the people uh coming forward there there's word of mouth letting others know so that that kind of circle is expanding and it, it just goes round and round the help just keeps on on being there somehow you're just able to uh the resources end up being there and you're able to make them stretch that is absolutely correct um this year has been a perfect example of people coming together and doing what they need to do for, for their community, making things work with almost nothing. Um, families who have, you know, who have, who are worrying about being on, on the street are, are helping their neighbors and, um, you know, giving what little they have, sharing what little they have. So we've seen so, so much humanity uh, during this pandemic. And it, you know, it's sad sometimes because it seems like as humans, we tend to be, so stubborn that it takes something like that a lot of the times for us to see how wonderful we can all be as well. You mentioned the word beacon, and I think that that's such a, a great word because it, it you can kind of see this light shining out through our cloudy weather, shining through uh, the illness of COVID and all other kinds of complications around it, and that there still is that hope that is there. And it's important to really hold to that and, and keep our eye on it in order to be able to just kind of move forward. And as you're describing, uh, both of you, how the community is responding, 
it, it is really making a difference. We can see that together we're going to survive this. Yes. I just really like picturing what Thanksgiving and what Christmas will look like with these families being served. And you mentioned numbers, 150 families for Thanksgiving, 300 families at Christmas time. Hopefully this is meeting everyone's needs or are you having to make decisions? Is it like the first 150 who are able to sign up? How do you work with that? I think we, you know, honestly, Kate, when it comes to that, I think every agency who's in human services, especially during this time, has had to really sit back and marinate on the fact that it's impossible for us to be all things for all people. Um, And that's a hard, that's a really a hard pill to swallow. People who get involved in human services are usually nurturers, right? And so it's our nature to want to, to serve every, everybody. Um, And I think we, you know, we have families that are involved in programs that we run outside of um, our shelter, kind of our foster support services, and then community programs that we run. We do an after-school program and other things. Um, And so we we always include those families. But um, it's also just, you know, it's open to the public. And unfortunately, at times, it is a first-come, first-served situation. Um, we really try to be thoughtful, though, about expanding whenever there are families in need that come to us and say, hey, you know, we don't, again, we're a make-it-work agency. And so we always look at that and say, hey, what can we do to make make this work for this family? It might not be what we're doing over here, but how can we make things happen for this family? So I would say that, you know, it's it's a hard it's a hard time of year in that we can't serve everyone, but we always try to make a way for families who come seeking help. So let's take a moment now to, again, mention the website and and how any of us are able to, whatever it is that we can do, make a donation, support the work of Hand in Hand. Yeah, so our website is handinhandkids.org, or they can also follow us on Facebook. We're pretty active on our Facebook page. Um, That's Hand in Hand. And also our Instagram page as well. Um, that's also Hand in Hand Kids. Um, and yeah, any financial donations can be done through our website. Um, you can also find our text to give from our Facebook page um, for the holiday season. And um, also, if people want to get involved in becoming a volunteer, they can do that from our website. Which is great. I'm glad you mentioned volunteering because I imagine uh, m- even more so during this time, there's there's a great need for volunteers. That is totally correct. We are um, we're seeing a huge increase in need for bodies, people to do the work, mm-hmm. um, to come alongside of us and and serve these families, um, and obviously through Safe Place, we're always looking for qualified volunteers. Um, you know, it's a, it's a bit more of a process to get approved for Safe Place due to the nature, but it's always there's always a need for, for people who want to come and make a difference in the lives of children and families. And that is a, a very special place, a very special calling for anyone who can help. And so the training, uh, the qualifying is still going on 
during this time, and it's being done, I'm sh- I'm sure w- with all different kind of precautions set up, protocols to keep everyone safe. Yes, um, most of our trainings that we require for Safe Place are done online now as well. Oh, of course. So that's a great way to do it. And to find out about this, just go to the website, as you were saying. Yep. Okay. You know, the thing that popped to mind as, Brenna, as you were mentioning, the different social platforms is something that I remember seeing several times this year where people who feel that they don't need anything, but it's been their birthday or an anniversary, they've asked for donations to be made to an organization. So I'm just thinking that's another way, because you're so active on Instagram and Facebook, that people could make that kind of a a request and set up that kind of a fund. And that's another way to, rather than having things come to us because we don't necessarily need them, we get the the joy of receiving a gift, but it's going to someone else. Yeah, I think on Facebook, you can host a donation drive. And then on Instagram, even just sharing our posts or sharing our stories, that's a good way to get the word out and support us. Okay, great. Just getting that word out so that people realize what's going on. And with Safe Place for Foster Children, During this time, have you seen that it's just been kind of, I'm going to use the term, business as usual, that you still have children coming to you for foster care? Yeah, the need, you know, unfortunately, we the need for for shelter uh, for children, for families, for people in general, I believe, unfortunately, is always going to be there. And I think, you know, due to the nature of crises, you only see an increase in need. And I think the same is true for, for Safe Place. And, you know, it's a really interesting time, I think, to be providing that type of care because, because all of this is so new for everyone. And children are no exception. As adults, the way that we're affected um, by this crazy time, imagine the weight that the children are feeling. So I think that's what we, you know, we just try to keep that in the forefront of our mind when when caring for children, when helping families, when doing the work that we do, is that as much as we feel it, there are people who feel it 10 times more. Yes, that's such a good perspective to share with us, Portia, because it's sometimes if we don't really have someone share a story with us or make us aware of it, we might not think about what that does. And certainly in a family situation when there's job loss and there's the threat of maybe losing the home or the space where they're living, what that does to a child is almost unimaginable. That's absolutely correct. I think if you look at statistics, neglect is something that, you know, is really primary cause for children entering care. Um, And so this type of situation where there's so much uncertainty around everything, job, housing, um, school, you know, all of these uncertainties that these families are facing that they've never had to face before, it's going to create an uptick in need. And that encompasses all things. And it's going to create an uptick in stress for families. And people who would normally not, you know, do the unspeakable are doing the unspeakable. So 
it, these are things, these are issues that just compound each other, unfortunately. And in spite of that, you know, we want to, again, be a beacon. We want to provide hope and opportunity to children and families and, you know, make a change where we can make a change. Well, with what you have both shared this morning, your insights, your experiences, giving us then some picture of what's going on and the beacon that you are in the community, and thus giving us the opportunity to partner and support in whatever way we can, to whatever degree we can. Portia, you were saying there's no gift that's too small. It all adds up. And there's just such a great need that that we can be great partners together. That's absolutely correct. We appreciate our donors immensely. When you donate to Hand in Hand, you are Hand in Hand. You are a part of this agency and the work that we do. And we would not be able to do it without you. So just in closing, let's once again mention the website and the way that we can be co-partnering and supporting your work. Yeah, so our website is handinhandkids.org. Again, any donations, big or small, make such a huge difference, and we appreciate anything. You can also volunteer by going to our website, or you can host a um, donation birthday drive on your Facebook page. Any way you choose to get involved, we appreciate. Well, Brenda Ramos and Portia Thompson, you are both great ambassadors. I so appreciate your sharing your work, your experiences with us, and just trust that there's going to be a huge outpouring to help you do the work that you do. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us, Kate. We appreciate you.